0: And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 67 of the Lawyerist Podcast, where we talk with Jared Korea about why you should ditch your smartphone and how.
1: Today's podcast is sponsored by Zero, beautiful legal accounting simplified. If you are already using Clio, connect with Zero to get the best of both worlds. Find out more at xero.com slash
0: Clio. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Smokeball. Turbocharge your small law firm with case management from Smokeball. Watch a two-minute demo at smokeball.com today.
1: If you enjoy our show, please visit lawyerist.com slash podcast and click on support the podcast to help us keep new episodes
0: coming every week. So Sam, you and I have been very busy the last couple of weeks with an exciting project. We're excited to announce our first ever conference. With an asterisk. Is it a conference? What are we calling it?
1: Uh, I, you know, it's a little hard to say, but it's along the lines of getting a lot of smart people together in one place. An event? Can we call it an
0: event? I think it's definitely an event. Okay. Our first ever event. And at some point we will settle on the vocabulary. Okay. And we're calling <laughs> it TBD Law. That's right. In part because we had trouble coming up with a good name, just as we've had trouble figuring out whether it's a conference or not. But in part... Because this will be the event that defines the future of small firm practice, which is TBD. Right. I mean, so the deal is like we have
1: wanted to do an event, a conference for a long time, but we just we really didn't want to just put smart people in front of an audience and have them talk at the audience for a couple of days because there are plenty of conferences out there that do that. So we connected with Matt Homan, who we've known for years, um, who's been a guest on our podcast And who really is, he's the kind of person that is just really thought-provoking and full of ideas. And now his ideas are mostly about conferences and meetings and how to do them better. And so, we are not, there are no speakers at our conference. We are getting together a lot of people who are innovative lawyers, who are the kind of innovative lawyers that often get invited to speak at other conferences, who are just out there doing cool stuff. And we don't feel like they need anybody to tell them anything. We just need to put them in a room together and have their workshopping and hack sessions and brainstorming and idea exchanges facilitated by Matt and his amazing team of meeting facilitators at Filament.
0: Yes, we're very excited.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty pumped if you can't tell. like This is the kind of thing that people are just going to be I think I think if you if you are able to come, uh, then you're just going to leave with a, a brain full of ideas, and it's going to be worth many times the price of admission. And on the subject of who gets to come,
0: <laughs> is that my cue? That's your cue. <laughs> oh, okay. So we've decided in order to make this work best, everyone in the room needs to be there for a reason and needs to be one of the innovators or thought leaders leading small firms towards the future. And therefore, it's an invite-only event. But we also recognize that we don't know all of the cool people in the world. And therefore, if you self-identify as someone who should be in that room, you can apply for an invitation to the event. And all the details about when and where the conference is, um, which is August 14th in St. Louis, um, can be found at tbdlaw.co as well as where you can apply for an invitation.
1: And we hope you can make it there. We're trying to keep the uh, admission list down to about 75 people. We'll, we'll make room if there are people that we just can't uh, do without. So, we hope to see you there, or if not, we hope to show you what we've done to help shape the future of law practice for solo and small firms during and
0: after the conference. Yeah. If you can't come, there'll be lots of photos and posts and podcast discussions to follow no doubt and now here's my conversation with jared
2: Hey there, this is uh, Jared Korea. I am the Assistant Director and Senior Law Practice Advisor at the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. That's really long, so we call it LOMAP for short. You can find out about us at our website, masslomap.org, M-A-S-S-L-O-M-A-P.org. And if you can spell my last name, look me up on the internet. I'm everywhere. <laughs> we'll
1: make sure and throw those links in. Um, now, Jared, you are, a, are you a PMA, a Practice Management Advisor?
2: Yes, technically.
1: So, we don't have that in my state, or if we do, we don't call it that. And I, that term gets thrown around a ton at Tech Show every year. Yeah. What, what basically are we talking about? What is that job, and, and what are the, why does the bar have it?
2: Well, I think you call them dire wolves in Minnesota, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Um, so, PMA stands for Practice Management Advisor. And so, what I do and what the other PMAs do is Law Practice Management Consulting. So how do you run a law firm as a business, which you don't learn in law school, obviously? Most of what people talk to me about are technology, uh, marketing, financial management are the big three. And then I get random stuff coming in constantly. Do you do that for the Bar Association
1: or are you independent?
2: We're, we're independent. We, uh, okay. we are sheltered under the uh, Massachusetts uh, Lawyers Assistance Program, which is called Lawyers Concern for Lawyers. So we get a percentage of bar dues, uh, which comes to us every year. And that's how we fund the program. But the other uh, PMA programs, and there are about 36 of them. I think mm-hmm. at this point between the states and some of the Canadian provinces, most of those come under the bar associations. We're, we're the rare one that does not.
1: Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Um, so you are also have a um, a quirk. Um, <laughs> you,
2: <laughs> I, I have many quirks, Sam. <laughs>
1: yeah, but, but in particular, um, you have refused to upgrade to the smartphone that essentially everyone else is carrying around now, and you still carry an ancient-ass flip phone.
2: My flip phone is the balls. I love it. Um, people think I'm a drug dealer. or They think it's like a burner phone. But Seriously? it's actually like my real phone. Yeah. I have, I have a, an actual flip phone that flips. And my son delights in calling my mother and then flipping it down to hang up on her. So I can't get rid of it. <laughs> So, we, um, so I've been curious about this for
1: years because, you know, I'm, I've am i got all all of the things, all the devices, all the gadgets. <laughs> um, and sometimes I just feel like it's a little too much and, and uh, I miss the simplicity of a phone um, that never rang and only basically picked up and made calls and did text messages awkwardly with T9 yes. um, texting. But yes. so, I, I kind of dream of going back to those Halcyon days.
2: Well, that's a dream I'm living, my friend.
1: Well, that's <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you about today is like, how, I mean, how... Um, you are obviously embedded in all kinds of technology, so it's not yes. like you're doing this because you're a luddite. Uh, unlike no. Mike Fra, uh, who writes for our site, who just upgraded to a smartphone like a week ago.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not like that, dude.
1: <laughs> so, so tell me, I mean, why, why do you, why are you resisting?
2: Um, I don't know if it's resistance; it's just a lifestyle thing for me. Uh, so, let me go back in time a little bit. I actually once yeah. had a smartphone. I had a BlackBerry, oh, that's and. Right. I had a BlackBerry with one of those, like, you know, the strap on your belt that you would use? Yeah. So, I had that because I didn't like how it fit in my pocket. It was too big. And my wife was like, you look like such a tool with your smartphone on your belt like that.
1: Yeah, like, can we stop for a second and just say that if you still put your smartphone on your belt, please stop?
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, I agree, by the way. But this was like, this was like 2007. So, no, it was cool back then. It was, yeah. They were like mullets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I shaved my mullet. I, I got rid of my smartphone belt attachment. So, that was one of the reasons why I did it, because my wife said I looked like a tool. But generally, why I do it is, you know, I, I found the thing was, like, buzzing all the time, and it became, like, a natural reflex to, like, check it. Mm-hmm. And I have, a couple, I have little kids, so I go to the playground now with my kids, and, like, all the parents, like, they're on their smartphones constantly. So it's me. I'm like St. Francis to the playground, right? It's like me and 15 (laughs) kids, and I'm playing with everybody else's kids because they're all on their smartphone. (laughs) I'm telling stories to the children. I may be playing guitar. Um, But I just didn't want to be distracted in, like, life in general and also at work. I find that at work as well, I'm I'm not distracted either. If I'm out at a meeting or if I'm sitting with somebody and talking with them, I'm actually paying attention to them. So the reason I did it was to remove, like, that constant buzzing From my Mm -hmm. pocket, Uh, but I figured out. You know, you can just turn
1: off the notifications.
2: Yeah, I know, but I'm still going to check. That's the problem. (laughs) No, I know
1: what you mean because I'm always reaching into my pocket and checking. And
2: well, yeah, yeah. it's almost worse when there's no buzzing because then you're thinking, "Hmm, I'm probably getting messages, right?" Because I'm amazing and everybody wants to talk to me. (laughs) So let me pull out my smartphone and see what's going on. It was just terrible. I find myself to be so distracted. I didn't want to do it anymore, and I have a terrible mobile carrier, so I don't really (laughs) get any reception anyway. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's, I'm basically just carrying around my br- uh, this brick of a phone to appease my wife so that she can call me. So,
1: in a way, you're sort of, this is the, this is the Jared Korea version of mindfulness.
2: I guess so. You could call I it mean, that. I
1: mean, mindfulness seems like it's kind of a remedy for this constant interruption problem that we have, um, but you've solved it by just
2: removing the constant interruptions. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I get, I think it's important to be online, obviously. I'm not going to say that's not the case, but the alternative I've developed is I've got a tablet. And mm-hmm. one of those little internet sticks from Verizon, which actually has good reception. So when I want to get online, I do it on my own time. Like right. if maybe on a Tuesday afternoon, I'm sitting in the Cheesecake Factory by myself having a cheesecake, which only rarely <laughs> happens. Um, I A 3,000 calorie cheesecake? Yeah, maybe the whole <laughs> cheesecake, I don't know. I can yep. <laughs> pull out my tablet, put in the internet, and I can access stuff on my own time. And I'm not feeling pressured to, to check constantly.
1: And, it, and while it may be sort of socially acceptable to have your smartphone out at the playground, it's really not socially acceptable to be sitting there on an iPad.
2: No. Yes, exactly. Or a, or a
1: Surface or whatever you might
2: have. Yeah, plus they're kind of heavy and kids are more likely to destroy them because they're more visible. So, right. Yeah. So, I'm protecting myself, really.
1: So, uh, what advice would you give somebody who wanted to go backwards? And, and I mean, I'm I've got all of the things and I've got this phone. And I'm trying to figure out, like, could I really get rid of my phone? And if I did, what would that look like and how would I just, how would I do it?
2: I think you could, but I think you just have to have a, an Internet-ready replacement of some kind. Whether that's an iPad or a Surface that you use. Uh, but I, that's what I do. I can access everything I could access on my phone from sure. a larger device I'm not going to carry around in my pocket. That, that's that's my solution.
1: Step one is, um, is accepting the, that you don't have to answer everything or find out everything immediately for yeah. every piece of news or update or message that you might receive.
2: Yes. Well, I'm, I'm sort of a big believer in like perspective in the sense that like, what's really a pressing issue for me? My child is trapped under a train. That's a pressing issue for me. Um, a, a bar association sending me an email. Not so much a pressing issue for me. Yeah, A client has a question for me. Not so pressing. I can answer the next day if I want to. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people, like, you send me an email. I'm not going to respond immediately. So I think part of it is, like, accepting the fact that you don't have to be present at work all the time and also accepting the fact that p- other people also can wait and it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm not a heart surgeon, for God's sake. <laughs> and then do you...
1: Um do you What kind of plan do you have? Do you have like a monthly minutes plan or do you just have a, an on-demand plan for text messaging and phone calls?
2: Ah, uh, Mr. Sam Glover, there's the rub. Well, <laughs> I do not have a smartphone. My wife does. Oh. So, I have like this unlimited plan for data. So, it's not that, that, that expensive use. though. Well, actually, believe it or not, my smartphone can get access to the internet. Oh, right. And that, I've, like I've tested it just to, just to see, but it's so <laughs> egregiously slow. It forces me not to use it, which is delightful. So, I can get onto Yahoo after about 22 minutes.
1: Will you take a picture for me of what Lawyerist looks like on your smartphone?
2: Yeah, if I can get it. So that I can run it with this this post? I basically need to be standing on top of a mountain clinging to a cell phone tower to make that happen. But for you, I'll do it. Awesome. Lawyerist, your new um, flip phone app. I'm waiting for it to come out.
1: So, so here's the thing that I'll, I always come down to though whenever I start thinking through this is it's my camera now and I have kids too and I'm constantly taking photos and videos of them and it's, I have an iPhone 6 and I'm, you know, I'll upgrade this next time around to whatever the 7 looks like but like that's become my camera and it's become my wife and I are constantly sending pictures back and forth, we're constantly sending videos and we don't bother with another camera because the quality is good enough that we have that this works and so i that's what i kind of always come back to is i actually like snapping photos of my kids in my day-to-day life yeah i'm not like an obsessive instagram my food or coffee type of person <laughs> well thank um, god so for I, that yeah so like i don't feel like i'm an obsessive photographer such that i'm missing out on life but i love being able to take pictures of things
2: yeah i mean so let me uh, backtrack again to my wife's smartphone. She mm-hmm. takes the pictures. She posts the pictures to Facebook. And so this is this is just part of my personality. You know, I don't take pictures of my kids, and I don't put them on social media because they're young and i don't I, I want them to make choices about what goes online you know my wife however will take pictures of children and put them on the social media yeah gotcha. and, I, I, and I, I know i sound like i'm 78 years old when i'm like put it on the social media but these are things <laughs> i say um, no my, my wife and i uh,
1: have agreed not to put our kids pictures up on facebook or anywhere as well we we have a private Flickr group that we share with friends and family and that's it you can't see our photos otherwise
2: yeah my wife does facebook but it's like locked down pretty severely Mm -hmm. so i tell people that i know well like if you want to see pictures of the kids like friend jessica because I'm no. not going to post them. Um, if I didn't, if my if my wife wasn't around, I wouldn't have kids. So obviously, this wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> um, but I just I just let her do all that stuff, Frank. But that's so if your like,
1: spouse is a luddite, you can't, can't do this.
2: Well, I think that's I think that's a big issue for a lot of people, or would be a big issue for a lot of people. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you, like I've ne- I used to be a big picture taker, right? Like when we would go on vacation, I would take like thousands of pictures. There's a family story in my family that one time they took us to the Museum of Natural History in Manhattan. And I, we got a video camera for the first time. This was like a big thing in like 1988. And I took like a three hour long video of our trip through the Museum of Natural History because my dad was not there because he like sprained an ankle or something. Mm-hmm. And people were like, this is the most horrendous thing we've ever seen. We'd like to burn it and never watch it again. <laughs> but ever since then, I've like stopped taking pictures and video because, you know, back to the mindfulness thing, although I don't necessarily call it that, I want to be present, you know? When we go on vacation, I want to be doing things with my kids and not taking pictures of other people doing things with my kids or them doing things. I want to be part of it. So I'm not a, I'm not a big picture taker anymore. I stopped doing that.
1: You know, there's a th- there's a thing that I've noticed when when you go to Europe or whatever and you're in museums, um there's a parade of people going from one picture to the next and they're taking pictures of pictures. Yeah. And you feel like like I mean there are a billion art books that you could buy with all of those pictures in them better than you're taking them right now are you ever really going to stop and look at these again mm-hmm. and you're just getting in the way of people who actually just want to stand there and enjoy the art so i get what you're saying yeah i'm, that's I'm my picking up what alone. you're putting down
2: yeah exactly i want to be present in like everything i do and the way i do that is i sort of avoid technology i mean i know people think it was it's like a crisis of humanity that if you're stuck on the side of the road you can't reach somebody <laughs> but i'm fine with that i remember those days So we're going to take two minutes for our sponsors. And when we
1: come back, I want to talk about some of the other technology that you do use to stay connected and get work done.
0: Billable hours are the lifeblood of a successful law practice. Problem is, you still have to bill those hours. Even if your law firm has an accountant, tracking hours, clients, rates, preparing invoices, and collecting on those invoices is time you never get paid for. And writing notes to yourself in court or on the road is inefficient and error-prone. Run your legal practice better with cloud accounting software and see why over 600,000 small businesses love Xero, including Lawyerist. Get a free trial at Zero.com. that's X-E-R-O.com. beautiful accounting software. Wish there was a case management system built just for your area of law? Smokeball comes with over 200 different matter types to support the way you work. Turn case details into documents with automated templates, convert and email PDFs with just a click, and stay on top of every detail and task with workflow tools. Check out Smokeball for your small law firm and never miss a detail again. Watch a two-minute demo at smokeball.com slash lawyerist today. And now we're
2: back. Um, so you said you use a tablet. What tablet do you use? I got a Microsoft Surface. Um it was one of the original ones um i will tell you candidly that i don't love it um mm-hmm. i i also have my surface is probably about two years old i have an ipad that i think is nine years old and i like the <laughs> ipad better <laughs> frankly you, you can join greg loose's artisanal
1: uh ipad user group he was going to start a user group for people who owned the original ipad and refused to upgrade
2: <laughs> that's me i need to um, do that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah totally um so my wife just got a Surface too, uh, the brand the brand new Surface Pro 4 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know it's interesting. I had kind of thought this is what Microsoft says Windows ought to be. Mm. Um, although every other release Windows is wrong about what Windows ought to be. Um, <laughs> and you and, think they would know, right? <laughs> well, you would. And and so the Surface is. Uh, it was. I thought it should probably be the ideal windows device and my wife is definitely not loving it she's she's perfectly satisfied with it but she's not loving it um it's definitely too big to be um a comfortable sit and read device it's awkward to put on your lap Uh, but it does have a beautiful screen it's very light and portable yeah i don't know i so now i'm kind of up in the air on whether or not i think the surface is the be-all and end-all of windows tablets yeah i don't love it it doesn't
2: suit my purposes very very well for a number of things um I had a lot of trouble when I started using it because the screen was so sensitive. Like mm-hmm. I would just brush it, and then I'd be in another application, and that was difficult. Or if I if I moused over too far um, when I was typing something, all of a sudden I was out of Microsoft Word. I have I've had a lot of issues with that. Hmm. Um, the other thing I don't like about it is I do a lot of presentations, and if I take my iPad, I can like go out, uh, carry my iPad with me, and still talk to people and get get involved with the crowd. The tablet mm-hmm. is just it's just a little bit too heavy for that. It hurts yeah. after a while to carry it around. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's cl- it's clunky. If I'm going to get like a tablet, I want to be able to walk around with it. That's what I want it for.
1: You know, I'm, I'm currently a Mac user. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say currently because I tend to skip around. You know, I, I I hated Windows Vista, so I started using Ubuntu Linux. I loved Windows 7, so I came back to Windows. Yeah. I hated Windows 8, so I bought a Mac. <laughs> like, I, t- I tend not to stick to anything for more than four or five years. But... Yeah. um. But I have to say, this is the this is you know I'm in, I've been using Macs for three or four years now, and um, the one thing that that really makes me not want to leave Mac is that text is so much prettier on a Mac.
2: Yeah, I don't know yeah.
1: what it is, but when even with the Surface, even when Microsoft has control over the entire thing, they cannot get typography
2: right. <laughs> and, oh, I know you're a big typography guy, aren't you?
1: Well, but but also just like looking at the screen. Um, You know, it's always fuzzier and imprecise on Windows, even with an amazingly detailed screen like the Surface. And and as lawyers, we do sit and write and stare at words all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that you say that. And I wonder how much of not liking to read on the screen is because um, Windows just has never been all that considerate about that
2: piece yeah now uh-huh. that you say that i, I agree i had the same issue with the um mm. with the Windows. so yeah i, pre- I prefer the ipad i've been a, i've been a microsoft guy for forever basically um mm-hmm. and i liked windows 7 a lot also i thought windows 7 was great windows 10 is just a dog as far as i'm concerned <laughs> i hate it i'm actually considering for the first time in my in my adult life or ever actually uh getting getting a mac the next time i buy a computer and that's a big change wow. for me yeah. um Larry Port was uh, demoing, demoing the new Rocket Matter for me at Tech Show. Yeah. And he had this, like, beautiful new version of the iPad Pro, and that thing was staggering to me. Mm-hmm. I might pick one of those bad boys up. I need a new computer.
1: <laughs> so, so I guess what we're establishing here is that you, while you may cling to an old flip phone, You are by no means not a techie geek. I was trying to establish your bona
2: fides. (laughs) I don't think I'm a geek at all. I don't think I'm a tech geek either. Um, I want a device that I can type on. I don't use apps. I want a device I can type on, access the internet with, and basically I want it to have a dope screen so I can show my kids movies when we're on the road. (laughs) Well, in a way,
1: that kind of aligns with what most lawyers need to do, right? Most Mm -hmm. lawyers need to create documents and send and receive emails, and that's... I mean, we, we, we really kind of glorify technology right now, but fundamentally, there aren't that many things you need yes. to be a lawyer. Yeah. Um, some organizational software. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which, that's helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but you can do that in Outlook if you want and there if you are lots need of other to. options. yeah. Um, So, you know, there really isn't that much to it, but we do kind of get caught up in how fancy and technical and
2: complicated we can make things. Well, part of this too, I think, is like the crowd we're in, right? We're in this very incestuous, like law practice management group of people who are all (laughs) up on technology. But your average lawyer, I think, uses technology probably much the same way that I do. I mean, let's be real. They probably have an iPhone. But otherwise, they probably use technology where they're typing stuff, accessing email, and that's about it. You know?
1: So, maybe the larger lesson of your refusal to get a smartphone is that uh, we should maybe try to think about the things that we don't need and do away with and probably we can be more efficient and get more out of practice and life and everything else if we just peel away the excess.
2: That's beautiful. I like that. This is just like the tiny house movement.
1: (laughs) I feel good. We've created the tiny technological stack, technology stack movement. Tiny law. It's going to be a show
2: on HGTV. Watch.
1: We'll be launching that uh, in 2017.
2: (laughs) A lawyer's production, 2017.
1: uh, I hope you'll star in the pilot.
2: Oh, definitely, definitely.
1: Um, So there we go.
2: I'll be there with my flip phone, not selling crystal (laughs) meth, okay?
1: Fantastic. Well, Jared, thank you so much for introducing us to Life Without Smartphones (laughs) and um, giving us a new philosophy on law practice.
2: Hey, my pleasure. This has been fun. Thanks for having me on.
1: To make sure you catch next week's episode of the Lawyerist podcast, subscribe to the Lawyerist podcast in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. You can listen to it at lawyerist.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe to the Lawyerist Insider, our weekly newsletter. Just go to lawyerist.com and look down the sidebar or click on newsletter up at the top. We'll remind you where to find the podcast whenever we release a new episode. Thanks for listening.